children this morning. Let us feel after thee, O oh God. We need your touch and your presence and your glory and your power. Thank you, dear God. If you have a Bible this morning, we're turning to the book of Isaiah. Just a little bit past Psalms, if you're not familiar. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. On this beautiful day, it's wonderful to be in God's house. <clears throat> We're going to begin with verse 1 and go through verse 7. Not too lengthy, but a little. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephalti, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and, has, and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise, and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to work for just a little while this morning on increase. Increase. You may be seated. God bless you. 
this prophecy that was fulfilled, at least the beginning of it, when Jesus chose to show himself in the flesh, when he revealed himself, the Almighty God, invisible, and yet he showed himself in the flesh. There were so many, shall we say, complaints that came from people in the Old Testament in those times, comparing themselves to other nations and wanting what other nations had to be like others. And uh, it was really a sad situation because they just didn't know how good they had it. That they were the servants and the children of the Most High. And that there is no God like our God. And uh, the victories that were wrought, the things that were, were done, with a high and a mighty arm, he brought them out of Egypt. He gave them the deliverer Moses. And they he defeated every one of the things that they put their confidence in, the Egyptians. Everything that they put their confidence in, God just more or less slapped the snot out of them. And he just basically said, you worship the sun, I made the sun. <laughs> you know, you worship the Nile River, I put the Nile River there. <laughs> and on and on it went. And he just went through the land until finally, until finally, it got rough, really rough. They thought it was rough, all those plagues, flies and lice and hail, big as baseballs with lightning and thunder and fire running along the ground and boils, all kinds of things. And you'd have thought, beat down after beat down, somebody would have finally smartened up, you know, and and just, you know, do what you do when you are got a submission hold on somebody. You tap, you tap the canvas. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I read about one guy one time, and and he was in a in a wrestling match uh, type thing, and and uh, but the guy he was wrestling with uh, was one of the arts that he was an expert in was jujitsu and Brazilian jujitsu at that, and um, he said he had the guy beat. He had him beat the whole match until the very last. And it just looked like he had this in his hands. He was going to come out the victor. And he was feeling really good about it. And then all of a sudden, this guy did a little move and put a, a hold on this guy. And, and the guy said, I had no choice but to tap out or have a broken leg. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> so he chose to tap out. You know, it's it's good to know when to tap out. It, it's good to to you know what did, we were years ago in our academy. We had a um, a little softball team intramural with other ACE schools, and um, we had a pretty good team. And uh, the guys were winning rather handily, and it came to the fifth inning, and that's when if you're ahead by ten runs, it's a ten run rule. That that's that's it. You know, game's over, it's all over, you don't play any more innings because um, you don't want to get slaughtered, you know. It was already 10 to 0 or whatever it was. And and so the umpire wanted to call the game, and the coach on the other side, he was from Boca, and he said, he said, no, he said, we've won a lot of games in the last innings. He said, we, we don't want to quit. 
So the umpire asked me, and I said, well, I said, you know, it's whatever y'all want to do. I said, if you want to keep playing, we'll keep playing. He said, well, he said, you know, really, we should stop. And I said, well, whatever you all decide, we'll go either way. We're, we're not wanting to fuss here. And uh, supposed to be, this is all supposed to be about have a good time and everybody, you know, good for the kids, right? So um, so they, they went ahead and went on with the game. Uh, I lost count of how many runs our team scored. It was that bad. <laughs> and so the point was that the umpire said at the end, he said, that's why we have a 10-run rule, so that it's not demoralizing. <laughs> you know, it's not demoralizing. It kind of reminds you of uh, Job's writing when he said to God, he said, thou increasest thine indignation against me. <laughs> and, and, you know, God can just, he can, he can hammer you. He can hammer you. And it, it's a whole lot better to just tap out and just say, okay. And that's what we told the other team, you know, live to fight another day or live to participate another day. You know, don't, don't get so demoralized and get so beat up and get so beat down that, you know, you, you don't have another day, okay? You can, you can, you know, God towards us. God has many, many, many good things in store. And it's a whole lot better to work with God to love God, and to submit to God. We have these, this flesh to contend with, this old nature that doesn't like to die. The flesh does not like to tap out. The flesh does not like to, to give up. And, uh, you know, Sister Mary's here this morning, and uh, one of her brothers, uh, she has a big family, and uh, one of her brothers um, out here as a young Boy, he was got in a wrestling match with one of the other young men, and and um, he got him in a hole. And he told that young, he told that other young man, he said, "Just say uncle," <laughs> and that guy would not say uncle. And we were all waiting for his his leg to crack. Where I mean, it was that kind of hole, and and we were like, "Come on, man, just just say uncle, and let's let's move on, let's let's love, let's go forward here." You know, this was all supposed to be gentle and fun and lighthearted, but you've let it go beyond that now. And in, in letting it go beyond, you're entering into a danger zone. And uh, I've read in the Bible where, where it uses that word, you know, and you can you can wind up in a, in a place where uh, it, danger is imminent and something is coming that, um, you know, you really should listen to the warnings. I had a preacher that um, uh, he came from a family that was pretty well known and of reputation and and uh, he had a church and, and uh, he somehow or another a spirit got a hold of him along certain lines you know again like getting the flu and uh, he uh, the dream that was given was that he was up in a building that was under construction and at each level, as he went up in this building, there were signs, more and more signs, with the old crossbones, you know, warning, danger, construction. And uh, it was unfinished construction. There was, there was a building program and process, so to speak. And he was, in the dream, he was shown as acting very, very silly. Very, 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 uh, everything's okay, you know, just acting silly and dancing around and on the edge. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of 
men back in the 30s and 20s up in New York City, and they were iron workers, and they'd, they'd, uh, be on, they'd, they'd be hundreds of feet up in the air, and they'd be on these girders, these iron girders, and they'd, they'd eat their lunch up there, and they'd take a nap up there. I mean, you take a nap, one little roll to the left, one little roll to the right, and you're gone, you're falling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet to your death. And um, I just look at those pictures, and it, it makes me shiver to think what it would be like to be up there at that kind of height and to, and you know, <laughs> you're sitting on a, on a piece of steel, a thin piece of steel. And uh, it's, it's something that, you know, should put a little fear of God in you, you might say, if you haven't got any. <laughs> and so, anyway, I'm saying to you that uh, this guy in the dream, he was just acting silly and cavalier and really childish, immature. And, uh, and in the dream, he, he was just doing that. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't too long after that dream that this preacher went off the deep end. He got, he, his silliness got him to where he just went too far one way or the other. And, and uh, I remember that uh, calling out there, hoping to speak to him a little bit, only to be told that he died. He was dead. He was gone. Uh, you know, you don't want to go out to meet God and your your last attitude had been silly and immature and unburdened and uncaring and leading people in the wrong directions to flirt with the wrong things. I remember it, it, it was, um, one of the things was he allowed everybody to get a necklace. But it had to be the same. Had to be the same. This was a man that all his life had preached holiness, and uh, did preached what the Bible said. You know, that's all we want to do is stick with the Bible, right? Chapter and verse, subject matter. That's what we want, because we want to increase. And and here you have a a whole area that was steeped in darkness, and the prophecy was that that light is going to spring up. Hope is going to spring up. In this land where you're in the shadow of death, it's looming over you. That uh, I remember a, a dream about a brother in this church and how that going down corridor after corridor in the dream and then all of a sudden realizing that coming towards you was a death angel. And, uh, and that preacher begin to rebuke with everything in him the death angel trying to fight off the death angel that the brother that was in not doing so well spiritually that he he might live a little longer might be forgiven and might begin to grow again and get grace and strength and favor with God but you know the death angel can be very relentless he wants his target he wants he lives to take people out that's what he does. The Bible talked about the sting of death. And he wants to, my wife said the other day that we had a, uh, a wasp or a hornet, I'm not sure sometimes the difference, it's just the flying guy with the stinger, you know. <laughs> and he was in our closet, and I wasn't home. And so her hero was out of town. <laughs> and uh, so she, she manned up, so to speak, womaned up, and she clobbered that thing. She said, I clobbered him good! 
And she said, you know, I went off to go get a tissue to wrap him up and, and dispose, dispose of him. And they came back and he was gone. So somehow he recovered from my whooping. <laughs> and he got away. And I said, well, honey, I said, you know, next time, use your shoe. She said, I did. <laughs> and I said, well, it must have been the rug, a little too soft, you know, a little too soft. And, and, uh, but I'm telling you that, that spirits are very relentless and they come around uh, to do damage. They come around to do harm to us. And, um, but they are, I'm glad we have what can take care of the enemy. That God, if you'll read with me some more in the Bible, I'm going to give to you some teaching to the church. <clears throat> the, the Bible is good from Genesis to Revelation, of course it is. And it's good for everybody. Uh, but you better understand that when you get Romans to Revelation, that's teaching to the church. That's teaching to people who have become a part of the body of Christ because they've believed, they've repented of their sins, they've been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, and they've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what made them born again. That's what gave them that is the salvation of God and place them in the body of Christ. And when you read Romans to Revelation, you're reading teachings to that church. Now that you're saved, here's how you stay saved. You know? I went to a, the, about the only time in my life, <laughs> my Holy Ghost, that's life. When I got the Holy Ghost, that's when life began. So anything before that, I, don't, I discount. It doesn't mean anything to me, and I don't care to have any memory of it. My wife's got pictures of my dad up there. I said, what for? Get rid of it. Throw it away. Who cares? <laughs> I said, put a picture of my pastor up there. That's what I want. And we do have that. And that's all I care about. Because that's when life began. When I, I got witness to and I came into church and got baptized and got the Holy Ghost called to preach. And I'm looking back on 45 plus years. I'll be married 46 years in less than two months. Give God a big hand. Come on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You know what? If it hadn't been for God, we wouldn't have made it three years. And that's the truth. A good God of heaven and earth got a hold of us. And he saved us. And he pulled us out of the fire and the mud and everything else. And cleaned us up. And gave us this beautiful experience. Let's listen to what the church was taught in chapter 2 of 1 Peter. And pay attention closely. Wherefore? Laying aside all malice and all guile. Notice the word all. All malice. All guile. Don't let there be one little smidgen of it. And hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. He said as newborn babes, writing to the church, writing to born again people, as newborn babes, desire. Yeah, sometimes you've got to work on your desire. You got you got to work on that desire. You got one place in the Bible talked about an enlarged desire, great desire. Got to got to work on that sometimes. Find yourself slacking off and kicking back a little bit too much. You got to you know put your foot back up and tie a rope to it and pull on it every once in a while and give yourself a good kick. All right. Tell yourself you gotta gotta get going here. Yeah. So laying aside all those things, as newborn babes desire a sincere milk of the word, 
that you may grow thereby. If, 9,000 times in the Bible plus the word if is used, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now if you're claiming this born again experience, you're claiming to be a new person in Christ. You're claiming that all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're claiming that there's a new person walking in those shoes of yours. Okay? And that you've come out of darkness and you've come into his marvelous light. That he's telling you to lay all that stuff aside. All that junk, all that bad stuff, all that flesh, all that sinful stuff. He said, you, you lay that aside. You get rid of that. You keep that tamped down. You keep that in submission in subjection. There are things that we did. We don't do those things anymore. If so be that we've tasted that the Lord of glory is gracious, that he's been so kind to us, that while we were yet sinners, enemies in our wicked, lustful minds against him, in that condition and state, he loved us. He embraced us. What is man that thou art mindful of him? But that God was mindful of you. By name. He knows you. He knows you. He knows you. I was uh, actually talking to the people that won us to the Lord, that witnessed to us way back in the day. And of course, they're pretty elderly now. They've been married 57 years. And uh, I, they said, if you ever come up to Jacksonville, come by and see us. I said, if I come to Jacksonville, it will be to see you. <laughs> I have no other reason to go there. And I don't have any time to waste. But if I go to Jacksonville, it will be to see and pray for you. And they've been a little, they're elderly, and they've been a little sickly. And, uh, but his wife told me, she said, he had a cancer of the colon, and then they had to send him up there, and that's how they wound up in Jacksonville, and, and uh, they found a tumor. He went there to see a specialist, and they operated on him, got everything straightened out, and then went to close him up, and I guess they were doing some kind of a colostomy or something. I don't understand all these things. I don't even want to, but uh, I just seek to understand how God heals these things. That's what I like. How did you do that, Lord? <laughs> but anyway, uh, it burst open. And all that toxic poison inside of his body. And his wife told me, she said, I, I talked to God. And she started telling God some things. And you could feel the connection between her and God. You could feel that. And I told Sister so felt about it. I said, man, I said, that woman, she's got a connection. And uh, and God healed him. And, and the nurses and the doctors, she said doctor after doctor after doctor came up to her and said, ma'am, you do know that your husband is a miracle, right? And she said, oh, yes, I know. <laughs> if anybody knows, I know. <laughs> yes, Lord. Oh, but you better understand, before you get all sick, okay, just remember now. Didn't the Bible say, remember thy creator? Now? Do it now. Didn't it talk about now, faith? 
I can show you where it says, but now. But now. How about right now? Realizing that you're a miracle. That you've been pulled out of the fire. That you've been saved from sin. That God slapped the snow on the devil, knocked him right out of the wind, and gave you the Holy Ghost. Gave you the eternal life. Woo! How about now? How about right now? You're a miracle. What all God did for you. Don't treat it lightly. Don't take it lightly. Don't play with it. Don't act silly and immature. Dangling around on the precipice somewhere. Edge of a cliff. Oh no. No, no, no. We're going to put all that stuff behind us. You know, the, these words, malice and guile, hypocrisy, envies, evil speakings, these things, with all of the definition of them, definition of them, it grows and grows and grows, and it branches out and it touches so many different things. So, I like what Brother Lewis said. <laughs> he said you can change location, and you'll just wind up being a lump of mess somewhere else. <laughs> a lump of mess. I thought that was cool. Well, anyway, by the way, you know, you need to see Brandon, and you need to get. You need to get the last two CDs, um, the last two Wednesdays. And, uh, but I particularly like the one, Kiss the Sun. You should listen to that over and over and over again. Sister Lewis called me yesterday, and I said, you did it again. She said, what? I said, you're interrupting. I'm, I was, uh, Brother Lewis was preaching. I was listening to it. She said, oh, I can call you later. I said, that's all right. I've already heard it five times. I said, no problem. I, I can pause it for now. We'll talk. No problem at all. But, you know, do you good. To, to get away from the noise and the clamor of things. See, I, I have those moments when Senior Schittfeld goes to Dollar Tree to get things for Sunday school, and I'm, I'm just kicking back in the car, and I've got that CD on. And I don't know, nothing else has to be going on. Read my Bible and listen to preaching. Good sometimes to get in a little quiet moment and listen to the anointed preaching of God's word and what all God was saying. It'll help you. It'll edify you. It'll encourage you. It'll charge you. Supercharge you. Everybody say amen? amen. All right. So don't forget. And no charge. Brandon will just give it to you. I'll pay for it. No problem. Happy for you to have it. So if you've tasted, if you've really got what you claim you got, that the Lord is gracious. To whom coming? As unto a living stone. God is not dead, church fam. He's alive. And this living stone was disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You see, people can put things down. People can make things that are good look bad. People can run their mouths. But the bottom line is, if God says, that's mine, that's all that matters. I, uh, I've had the, uh, I guess we could call it the privilege of being deleted and being erased, tracks being erased out. And uh, I simply just said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. I said, because I might could be erased from man's history on their little websites and their 
under their little headings. I might could be erased from that and deleted from that. And people just basically lie. No problem. Because you know what? People can forget. But God doesn't. People might not know. But God does. And guess who counts? Guess who counts? God counts. Nobody else matters. God matters. God matters. Amen. And so when they didn't want Jesus, here he comes. Think of, is there any reason not to want Jesus? He comes into a darkened land, shattered in death, and he brings light. He is the light. Well, he brought light. Everywhere he went, it began to shine. Just You know why some people run? Because they cower in darkness. They think they're hidden in the darkness. But the writer said, now, if you've tasted, if you've gotten this experience, he said, you get rid of that dial. You get rid of that sneakiness, that underhandedness. wonder if he knows. You better know that God knows. You better know that God can reveal anything he wants anytime he wants. Amen. But if you've tasted, if you've got what you claim you got, and if you're seeking for this, and if you want this, then you repent of these things. And you get this experience, and you claim now you've tasted of the powers of the world to come. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? And you, you're claiming that I've done that. I've done that. And I've, I've come to the living stone that, yes, men have disallowed it. But I've got what's chosen of God and precious. Doesn't matter what they say. You also, he said, he brings it down to you, you also as lively stones. You know, you're not, you're not dead. You get born again, you're not dead. We had a funeral here, Sister Pearl for Franklin, and uh, <laughs> I told him, I let them do their little thing and get it out of the way. And I said, okay, now we're ready to go. And we went. And I said, and if you haven't figured it out, we have church. We worship God. This is what the person in the casket was used to. This is what they would want us to have. You know? There's people come to a funeral church family. They don't ever come to church any other time. You might not ever get another opportunity to give them the truth, the thing that they need the most. You might not ever get another chance. Yes, sir. We give it to them in love. We speak the truth in love, but at least we're speaking. So look what he said. You also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Do you know if you come to church and you don't worship God and you don't lift your hands, you hear me, you hear me, then you are not, you're behind on your sacrificing to God. You're not giving your spiritual sacrifices. Old Testament, shadows and types, previews. Even the poor had to bring at least a little turtle dove. They had to bring something. To offer to God. You may be poor. When I came to God, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. 
I had nothing. And uh, I had to sell the car to pay for the first mistake. Hello. And uh, I told him, I said, give that back and give me my, my car back. Wouldn't mind having that 61 MGA right now. <laughs> Wouldn't mind having that at all. But uh, anyway, I'm saying we didn't have anything. Even that had to go. And uh, But we have to, we built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Everybody said amen. He said, wherefore also is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion. This is Isaiah 28, 16, isn't it? Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. You don't have to be confused about anything. You hear me? This world is filled with people that are confused. And they're dancing in the streets because their confusion has been given sanction by the government of this land. But guess what? I'm living under another government of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. Desire to grow. I want God's governing power in my life. I want him to slow me down. I want him to tap me into place and keep me between the lines. I want him to warn me because he loves me. He cares about me. He told me to cast all my cares upon him because he cares for me unreservedly. There's no hidden agenda with God's love. God's not got something of, if, if, if I do this, then I'm going to get this. No, 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 no. You see, God is interested in your best interests. He's trying to give. Is it not written that God so loved the world that he gave? He's giving. He gave. He gave that flesh known as the Son. And if you believe, you wouldn't perish, but you'd have everlasting life. So I believe, do you? If you believe, then you should be repenting. If you believe, he that believeth and is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the full pardon of all of your sins. What a deal. What a deal. We baptize you right here in this tank in the name of Jesus Christ. You go in dirty and filthy and sinful and unclean, laden down with sin, and you come out. You go in darkness and you come out with light. You go in with laden down with sin and you come out unburdened. It's all forgiven because the blood is in the name of the one you're baptized in. And there's forgiveness of sins where there's the blood of the Lamb. Everybody said amen? amen. Okay. So listen to what he said now. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. In other words, he said, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious. He that believeth in him shall not be confounded. You will not be in confusion. 
Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. That's how that is. If you believe that he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient. The stone which the builders disallowed. We don't want that. We don't want that. I ain't none of that. I don't want that. I don't believe that. I don't see that. I remember when I was like that. I remember the first time. Grab that Bible, David. Come up here and hand it to me. I remember the first time, the man that won me to the Lord. And I went, nah, I don't want that. Like, I said, That's just what I said. We were riding in the car. We were this close. I said, nah, I don't want that. And by the grace of God, I don't think it was even two weeks later, I was asking for that Bible. And the funny thing was, he, he showed up with, with a much bigger one. <laughs> he said, here, he gave me, instead of that little Bible, he gave me a big Bible. And, uh, oh yeah. yeah. Big difference when you're disobedient. Disobedient spirit on you. You become contrary. All of these things that you're to lay aside if you're claiming this, you know, if you're claiming this, he said uh, malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings. Disobedience brings all that. It's all incorporated. It's all under that umbrella of disobedience and much, much, much more. But we laid that aside. We repented of that. I've told you many times when I went to my pastor and I said, I'd like to be baptized. He said, you got to repent. And, and I, I was, the old me would have argued that I already repented. But I didn't do that. The newness that was working in my life, that my wife recognized and why she came to church. Because she began to see a newness, a change for the good. Yeah. Because she thought it was just another fad, just going through another thing. Get a bright idea to do something, spend a bunch of money, and, and then it just never materialized into nothing. Once in a while, you know, did something. Just because it wasn't there. It wasn't really what I needed. So I went back out and repented again. And I'm telling you what, the Lord started talking to me and convicting me left and right, and I started coughing up all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. He wasn't going to let me get by with some superficial, top-minner repentance. He's making me dig deep. Get down to all them things that I've been doing. And don't you think you're coming in to my church and that you're going to claim this experience and me be so gracious to you and you're still going to be full of malice and evil speakings and guile, sneakiness, underhandedness? Oh, no, no, no. No, you're going to get born again. We're going to turn you upside down and shake you up like a child trying to get every little last skittle out of that jar. <laughs> or jelly bean or whatever. Yeah. We're going to get all that junk out of you. We're going to work that out. In the Old Testament, they had to boil. Take that sacrifice and boil it. Sometimes you got something got to boil out of a person. You know. And we're just as a church trying to be as patient as we can with you. 
want to talk about patient continuance because we're we're looking for glory, honor, immortality, eternal life. Knowing that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness of God is leading us to get these things out of our lives and to keep them out of our lives. Everybody said amen. Yeah, some people think that they're going to come around here and they're going to, you, you know, do some kind of outward little thing. And then Jesus said, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, that, that's when you become a whited sepulcher. You all polished and got the look on the outside. He said, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. That's why Jesus said, we're first going to take care of the inside. We get that taken care of. You know, there's lots of people all over the world do all kinds of outward things. And they, they maybe pray five and seven times a day facing a certain direction, but they get up off of that mat and they'll, put, they'll behead you right then. Is that not going on? You know, Nothing like getting up from, a, from one of their good little prayer meetings, I guess, and they'll take somebody's head off. Yeah. That's a new definition to going to the beach, doesn't it? Isn't that what they just did? Went right down to a beach in Tunisia, which is northern Africa, and attacked people and took one person's head off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you, there's a world of difference, church family, between religion and salvation. If so be that you've tasted the graciousness of God, probably nobody here would ever dream of killing somebody and taking somebody's head off. If you are thinking that, you can leave now. <laughs> we'll pray you through. Okay. But you understand what I'm saying. There, there's a difference here. There's a difference here. We, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't need guns. We don't have any in the basement. I've said that for years. We don't have any grenades or anti-aircraft missile artillery down there. Riot gear. We don't have those things. That's not us. The weapons of all warfare are mighty through God. We, we've got a lively stone, a living stone. He's chosen. He's precious. He's elect. And people have rejected. People have said they don't want it. You know, I, I don't want to be... Uh, why would, why would uh, anybody want to hang out with Caiaphas and Annas? Why would they want to hang out with those people who were doing everything they could to kill Jesus? But, you know, that's right where Judas went. I guess that's because Judas wanted to kill Jesus. Now, if you said that to Judas, I'm sure he would have denied it. Oh, no, 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 no. That's Jesus. He gave me power. I've seen him do all kinds of things. I prayed with him. Oh. Well, then what are you doing hanging out with them? You know, the word them and they is in the Bible quite often. Why, why would you? Evil communications, the Bible said, corrupt. Good manner. Judas went right from dinner, sitting down with Jesus. Well, I know Jesus footed the bill. <laughs> Whipped out his debit card and took care of business. And 
Judas went right out with the best part of the meal. I guess the fat was still dripping down, you know. And got the sop and hit the road. That's when the sap took the sop and left. What a sap he was. He goes out into the night and Satan entered his heart. And who's he hanging out with? People that wanted to kill Jesus. People that were plotting to kill Jesus. People that were trying to figure out a way. Why would you want to get rid of the guy that's opening the blind eye? That's unstopping the deaf ear. That's raising the dead. Oh, man. Why, why would we want to? Why would we want to stop somebody that's doing something good? Somebody that's helped us and is helping us. Why would we want to kill him? Well, the answer is very simple. The answer is the devil. Lucifer. Fallen angel. Turned against God. Rose up against God. Hates everything. I've told you if God says stand up, the devil says sit down. If God says go right, the devil says go left. He's anti. He hates everything about God. And that's why the Supreme Court of the land has ruled the way they've ruled. That's why the pressure is on to rule and make rules and change laws. That everything that is, was set up after some form of the Scripture the enemy's out to destroy every bit of it. Every bit. He does not want order. He does not want the increase of God's government. Weren't they? Why were they wise men? You know why they were wise men? Because they brought themselves and their treasure to him. They knew what to do with what they had. And they said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get this. We're going to find this Christ child. We followed the book. We followed chapter and verse. And we found him. And they began to give, lavish him with their gifts. And they gave of themselves. They made sacrifice. And he rewarded them. His spirit told them, don't go back the way you came. Well, that's a deep lesson, isn't it? Really, it's a good evangelistic lesson. That you go out another way what I said. If so be, you've tasted it. If there's been a change, then the things we used to do, we don't do them anymore. Places we used to go, we don't go there anymore. Ways we used to act and talk, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. I told you about that guy that got mad at me because I wouldn't do a certain thing. He said, a week ago you'd have done it. I said, well, a week ago I wasn't baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But I am now. But now. Now, faith. Remember now. Call to remembrance now. Remember your calling. It's a holy calling. It's a heavenly calling. Call to remembrance what you've claimed you have and what you're seeking for if you're brand new coming here. You should be coming for a change. I need a change in my life. And you know, we need that change every day. Because every day you wake up, that old flesh is just relentlessly trying to rise up 
you've got to take care of that flesh. You've got to beat down that flesh. You've got to bring it into subjection. You've got to do that. The devil wants to use anything he can to get you to go in the wrong direction. To get you to lose the precious anointing that God put in your life when he gave you the gift of the Holy Ghost. When he poured grace into your lips. You know, Jesus said it this way one time. Because people want to loud and long proclaim what Jesus said. Why call you me Lord, Lord? And you're not doing a thing. I call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say. People do not want accountability. But it said the increase of his government. That sounds like more accountability to me. I've got to answer to God. Now, you know, it, it, it's easy to agree with that. Until you learn God's system. Now when you see how God has set it up. You know. Then. Well. Hmm. In other words God says. I'm giving you. I'm putting in the church. I'm putting apostles. Putting prophets. Putting pastors. Putting teachers. Putting evangelists. I put them there. For your perfection, for your edification, your completion, your edification. So there's certain things that are set in place, and you have an accountability there. People think that they're going to bypass God's system and get direct access to God. Well, I'm all for you talking to God, and I'm all for God answering you. But don't ever think for a minute that God's going to circumvent or ignore the very system that he set up. He's not going to do that. I, I really hope that my, my brain doesn't circumvent the circuitry of my body so that, you know, all of a sudden this is doing this thing on its own. You know, and I'm like, hey, why are you doing that? I don't know why you're doing that. Because something malfunctioned. Because there's not the proper coordination going on that was set up by God. A lawyer friend, many, many years ago, helped me with uh, somebody by the name of Corinthians. Gave me some advice to help them. And uh, he would, he would, his arm would just shake. And I watched him and he just grabbed it. Hold it. You know. You wouldn't want your, your body to go all spastic on you and go in all kinds of different directions. You want it to be in subjection to your brain. Okay? Well, do you know Jesus is the invisible head of the church? And the pastor is the visible head of the congregation. That's your Bible teaching. That's basic 101. Okay? But there are people who think that they, they can just run roughshod and just ignore 
just kind of going back to all those things that he said, lay that aside, lay that down, get rid of that, repent of that, die to that, become a new you. Him that stole, steal no more, for an example. How many things could you put there? Him that drank, drink no more. You know? Isn't it nice when God, we've had people come here that were raging alcoholics, and God delivered them. I told you the word desire, read to you the word desire, that God delivers you from the desire for the wrong things, the fleshly things, the carnal things, the hurtful and injurious things. He takes out the, the bad, but he doesn't leave us empty. He fills us with the good. He fills us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And now we desire. We're not desiring the booze. We're not desiring the drugs. Read about the man the other day, right out, I think it was military trail and something, standing there stark naked except for a shirt, urinating, some kind of drugs, some kind of something. You got people taking, it's always something new. That's something you better think about. The next new thing, right? Oh, and let's go run after it. Let's go do it. Let's try to. Woo, that's cool, man. Now that I'm free, now that I'm liberated, now I'm going to try and do whatever I want. No? no, no. That's not quite what it said. Matter of fact, it said not to use your liberty as a cloak. As a cloak of maliciousness. No. You want to let your light so shine. You want to. You want to. Let it shine that I've been set free. I've been made free. I don't, I'm not a slave anymore. I'm not in bondage anymore. Isn't that, isn't that something that people always want to, you know, make a big schmeal about, uh, about slavery and everything, you know, and all of that. And you know what? People are, we're born slaves. <laughs> we're born slave to sin and to the enemy. And God comes and liberates us. There's no greater liberty. And you're told to stand fast in that liberty wherewith you are called. Now you need to see your calling. Now you need to see that you're a miracle. Now you need to see what all God has done for you. I don't need drugs anymore. I don't have a desire for that anymore. Now I'm desiring the sincere milk of the word of God. And I can receive with meekness or a yielding to authority the engrafted word of God that's able to save my soul. Well, I thought you said you got saved. Yeah, but you got to stay saved. You got to stay saved. Stay delivered. Everybody said amen. So listen closely as we try to wrap up. I'm talking to you about increase. I'm talking to you about letting God's church, God's government, be on the increase in your life. You don't want, well, isn't there a song? Less of me and more of you. Didn't the writer say, I must decrease, but he must increase of the increase of his government and his peace. There shall be no end. Oh boy, 
This grows, friend. This is to grow continually in your life. He said, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same has become the head of the corner. You can put it down. You can mock it. You can make fun of it. You can social media and do all kinds of junk, but you know what? At the end of the day, the sheep are going to be on the right. And the goats, a thousand years later, are going to be on the left. Don't forget the comma. Some of those commas are worth a thousand years. <laughs> In your Bible. What can I say? Oh, brother. And I this this part scares me. He said, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. You don't want to be appointed to be a vessel of wrath, fitted for destruction. You don't want that. You God's intentions, hear me. The pastor's intentions are for you to be a part of the body of Christ. For you to be fruitful. For you to be happy. For you, for God's blessings to be on you and your house and your family. And for things to increase. Didn't it say that the seed, it fell on the wayside and fowls, buzzards of hell came and snatched it right up. People believed for about three seconds, one service, and it was gone. Fowls of the air snatched it. And then, upon the stony ground, it didn't get any depth of earth. The sun came up. The seed began to try to grow. And because they got offended. They got offended. You know, you take an awful lot of stuff and junk in this world. But then, at the first excuse in the church, we get offended. We throw away eternal life. The chance at eternal life. Isn't that silly? Isn't that silly? Great peace of they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Oh yeah. No, my friend, you hang in there. You hang in there. You hang in there. Well, when the sun rose up, it withered away and died. Then the seed fell upon the thorny ground. That thorny ground. Started to bring forth fruit. It was looking promising. But then it got involved. No man that wars a good warfare gets entangled again in the affairs of this life. The affairs, the issues of this life. You know? The devil will keep your mind in a whirlwind if you let him. Or you can let God give you peace give you direction, give you purpose, eternal. We look at the things which are eternal. I'm not looking at the issues coming out of Washington and all the other capitals and the nations of the world, the princes of this world. You know, you go read Daniel. King of the North, King of the South. <laughs> and just going back and forth, back and forth. It's always been that way and it's always going to be that way until it's all over. till the end of time. And we're drawn out of that. We're finding the church finds its way through all of that confusion, all of that. He said, you won't be confounded. You believe on this which is elect and precious, this living stone. He said, in the midst of all of that now, listen to what he said. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed by ye. 
are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Who are you? Look at who you are. Look at your chat. Look at your opportunity. You can't spit on this. You can't treat this trivially, immaturely. Try to underfoot the blood of the Son of the Covenant, wherewith you sanctify, to where there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Oh, no, 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 no. We Look at who you are. Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, that means a rarefied people. Not everybody has this. I don't care how they do their little jig. I don't care what they post. They wind up quoting more people out of the Bible than in the Bible. Chapter and verse. Stay with that. He said, a peculiar people that you should show forth. I told you about the guy down at the college one time, and he was down there on work release, and I don't know how we got into it, but a little discussion. He was talking about their weightlifting and their bodybuilding and all of that, and all of a sudden he just, he looked like a toad frog. He just sucked in all that air. <laughs> he just blew out. And, but look what it said here. It said for you to show forth. Show forth the praises of God. Not in hypocritical ways. Not in malicious ways. Not by evil speaking and guile. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we, we, we got the real thing here. We're not putting on a show. That's why I had them do their little thing over here. and gave them a little lectern. Let them get their little show out of the way. And then let the let the Spirit of the Lord through the body of Christ minister to the hurting and the lost and the sick and the diseased. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Thank God and thank God for the real thing. Amen and amen. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. You weren't always what you have to, to get to be now. Which in time past were not a people, but are now a people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. How about we just kind of fast forward and update here? And get into focus and realize in balance, if you please, who you are, what you got. What the song said? My buddy Omar down teaching right now. I gave him a bunch of material for this morning. But, you know, I know what I got and where I got what I got. Let's remember where we came from. We were not a people. We did not have mercy. But now, we got both. We're people. We're holy people. Royal people. Peculiar people. Oh, yeah. You know, my wife will tell you, you can go to Goodwill. And she said, she tries to teach the girls, the young girls, some things you've got to discern. Some things are just Old. 
He said, some things are antique. Oh, look at that. Yeah, but that's not antique, honey. That's just old. He said, here, you're a peculiar people. That means you're, you're, you're rare. You're special. You're not run-of-the-mill. You're not just any old thing. Judas, what are you doing with Caiaphas, Ananias? What are you doing with them, Judas? What could you possibly have in common with them? Well, his case was money. Look what all he gave up for, 30 pieces of silver. And at the time, it seemed like a good idea. He thought he was getting the deal of the century. Boy, he was, he was undercover. He was sneaking around. Oh, yeah. He was keeping connection. And looking for an opportunity. Well, it didn't take long now, did it? <laughs> didn't take long. Judas to take that money and throw it back. I don't want it. What have I done? See, you get that a spirit on you and you're not seeing right with your mind. You're not thinking right. Everything gets clouded. And the light grows strangely dim. You find yourself in darkness. you got the wrong feelings, the wrong thought patterns. And then comes all kinds of rationalizations and excuses. Like one king complained and he said, look what he's seeking a quarrel against me. Well, you know why people seek a quarrel? Because they're doing wrong. And they want to do wrong. But they've got to make it look righteous. So they decide they don't like my tie or I preach too long or I preach too short or I'm I'm too tall or I'm too short or I'm too fat or I'm too skinny. Right? Find something. Got to be something. You're too overbearing. You're too harsh. Increase of his government. I'll take his government any day. I will, I'm glad I took his government. I don't know how. It's the grace of God. We who always made wrong decisions. We who always tripping over ourselves. We who are always, you know, heading in wrong directions, involving ourselves in the wrong things, hanging out with the wrong people, going to wrong places, getting excited about things that aren't worth anything. Nothing. You know? And then... And then what? What happens? One day, the goodness and the grace of God appeared unto us. Somehow. And we, we were led by God's Spirit through the ways that He has set up. We were baptized after we repented. We got sorry for our sins and our sinful ways. That was one of the most convincing factors to my wife was when I hit the altar, it was like a dam broke. 
I wept and wept and wept. And she said, I knew right then it was God. <laughs> I recognized that. Yeah, something broke. All that pride, rebellion, disobedience came gushing out. Yeah. Got baptized in Jesus' name. Received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I remember when they kept trying to ask, ask me, did you get the Holy Ghost? I'm speaking in tongues. And they're trying to ask me if I got the Holy And I kept coming out in another language. <laughs> I couldn't speak English. <laughs> That's amazing. Now I can speak English and I can't speak the other language. Unless the, the guy, like the guy asked me, do you speak in tongues? I said, well, it's the Spirit of God gives me the utterance I do. I have a lot of trouble otherwise, you know. I told somebody the other day, I said, como se va? And they said, that's French. I said, no. I said, that's Creole. They said, no, that's French. So I came and checked this morning, and they said, yeah, that's French. And you've been deceiving me all this time. <laughs> only only Franchette gave it to me. She said, that, como se va? Is that how it goes? Como, something. Yeah, that one. And they said, that that's... That's Creole. So I'm having to get down to brass tacks here, you know. So what can I say? But I'm, I, either all these languages, it's all wonderful, you know, it's great. But there's nothing to compare with when you speak in another language. It's God's Spirit is the utterance. When God's in control and you're yielding to God. And that's what you want to keep doing is yielding your life to God so the increase of His government. Govern me, Lord. Govern me. I want you, I want to come and, and position myself in the church house. I want to be led. I want to be as the sheep of your flock. You are the shepherd, and you better remember the scripture, smite the shepherd. The flock scattered. That's why the devil goes for the head. You better remember that. Don't be a part of that spirit. Don't get caught up in that. No, no, no. Be wise and harmless. Isn't that the formula? Which in time past were not, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Having your conversation, your lifestyle, honest, honest, We've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, church family. We don't have anything to do with deceit. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. I wonder, I wonder, was it quite a race war between the Jews and the Gentiles back then? You know? The enemies always use that in every country, every continent. There's always been one group against another group. One language against another language. One color against another color. One religion against another religion. Always been. Always. The devil just wants to keep it stirred up. But if you'll get with this, get under God's government, then you'll not be confounded. You'll not be confused. You'll not be all mixed up. You'll not be wondering what's up and what's down. Because you'll know. You'll know. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Having your conversation or your lifestyle honest. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. The next two words, submit yourselves. 
Everybody said praise the Lord. Look at all these beautiful girls coming in with Sister. I told Sister Stephanie we were going to promote her to a captain. And that uh, I read her mind, though, and that was keep the title up the money. <laughs> Don't we all feel that way? Oh, yeah, Lord. What do they say in Spanish? Mucho trabajando pequeño dinero. Right? That's kind of right. It might be the tense might be a little off. But it's close. You get the point, right? All right. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. You know, we want you girls to grow up with Sister Stephanie and the Holy Ghost guidance. I told one young lady, I said, pay attention to me. I said, I'm the only father you've got. The closest thing to a father you have. Listen to what I'm telling you. Don't lose direction when you get your license. Huh? Don't lose direction when you have celebrate the big 1-8. Don't lose direction. Don't lose direction, gentlemen. Remember, you're in the church. You're in the body of Christ. Now you are a miracle. Now you have everything early, quick in life. How many adults here wish they knew now Right? Right now, you wish what you had and could go back and apply it. Take what you know now and apply it back then and say, I would make less mistakes. Well, you go changing something and it changes everything, so I don't know that we can do that. Just thank God for the day he saved you. And go from there. And go from there. And don't, don't yield yourself to nonsense. Confusion. They were the book. They were chapter. They were the things that are right. Don't hang out with the wrong people. Ananias, Caiaphas, all that bunch. All they wanted to do was kill the very thing that was the most needful in their lives. All because they were jealous. All because they had other agendas. They wanted to make a quarrel with him, so they said, Ah, you healed on the Sabbath day! <laughs> you didn't pay attention to the fact that the person was healed. Just say, you broke the law. And so he had to teach them. You know, and when he taught them, then they all shut up and went back and got together again and said, well, we've got to figure another way because he, he had an answer to that one. Had an answer for that one. Oh, yeah. I always love when the, the individual was brought in the very act of sin. And they said, the law, the word, Moses, throwing the big things, you know, heavy artillery, Moses said, should be stoned. And the Bible said he bent down and he began to write in the sand, in the dirt, in the ground. And uh, he just ignored them. Just ignored them. Be surprised. Sometimes you just have to ignore a lot of things. No matter how much it hurts, no matter how much it grieves you, you just have to ignore some things. Ignore the ignorance, you know. And, and uh, when he raised back up, because they wanted to know what he had to say about it, he said, he that's without sin first cast the stone. And then the second time, he stooped down. How many times has he stooped down to help us? Talk about grace, huh? He stooped down again, he began to write in the, now, we don't know what he wrote. He didn't say. We can speculate. I always like MYOB, mind your own business. That's what I think he would 
Mind your own business. Get about what you need to get about. Pay attention to the things you need to pay attention to. But when he straightened up the second time, it was an empty congregation, except for the woman that was caught in the very act. And uh, he said, woman, I love that. Woman, <laughs> where are those line accusers? And nobody here but thee and me, Lord. That's right. That's right. And I'm here to help you for when it comes down to just you and him. And I won't be there to stand for you. That moment when that death angel comes around the card, comes around the bend, yeah, that sting takes place. Oh, yeah. And then you'll be like, Aaron, get up to the mountain, Aaron. Take all your priestly garments off. Don't try to show me bars. Don't try to show me nothing. Just, you get up to that mountain. And he said, you get ready to die. You better get it right. Better make sure it's right. I'm telling you, hell is filled. It's not going to be filled. Full, it's and it can never be satisfied. But it's there's a goodly number of people that are there that don't even remember what the fuss was all about because it was just a spirit of deception that the enemy made a fuss. Why did I do that? Why did I think like that? Why did I run my mouth? Why did I act silly, immature? Why did I? make those decisions I made. Why did I do that? You know, and you know Caiaphas and Ananias, they're blaming Judas, and Judas is blaming them in hell. <laughs> they're still fussing and fighting while they're groaning, wailing. Oh, brother. And just remember, world without end. World without end. There's nothing worth missing heaven over. Nothing will be worth it. Not the fanciest car. Not the most amount of money. Not the finest clothes. Not all the things that the flesh seeks after. Nine individuals cleansed from sin. Visible sin. All eaten up cancerously and they they all went on their ways one guy came back one girl came back and said I love you Lord thank you thank you I'm, I'm in the church thank you I'm so glad to be in the church so glad to have good teaching so glad to be able to lift my hands and offer up spiritual sacrifice to you, Lord. So glad. And the Lord said, hey. He said, weren't there ten of you? Where are the nine? There's none left. you the only one? You know, it's always going to be, in comparison, a smaller number. There's 30,000 that Gideon started out with. And God got done paring it down. It wasn't but 300. And that's not even 
That's not even a tithe. A tithe would have been 3,000. Yeah. But there was victory. There was victory. Let's stand together. God love your hearts. Williams is coming. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful chance we have, those of us who have it and those of us that are here today that are seeking for it. What an opportunity you have. You can be happy. You can be healthy. You can be excited. You can be all of the above because you're born again. You're saved. You've got the salvation, the eternal salvation of God. And when you're little Mr. or Miss Nobody and God makes you somebody to him, maybe nobody to the world, but I want to be somebody to him. I've read in the Bible where he said, I'll be your God. I'll be your father. You'll be my child. You'll be my son or my daughter. Oh, brother, in that day, you want him to claim you. So you make sure in your day now that you're claiming him. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands, shall we? Father God, thank you for everything. Thank you for the love and the truth and the power and the glory of God. Thank you for what we've got. Help us to remember, God, where we got what we got. Won't you help us, Lord? Keep us from Satan and his confusion. Keep us, oh God, from his nonsense. Oh God, I praise and love you. I worship you, O Holy King. God, you're mighty and great. Everybody say praise the Lord. We need to do it two for one. Everybody say God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. All right.